folks. Thanks for joining us this morning. This is a Sunday Sports Wrap and I'm Lisa Johns. And of course with me is a very sore and sorry <laughs> Hamish Solomons. Good morning, Hay. Good morning, Lisa. How are you? I'm I'm well. <laughs> How much Radox did you use last night? Uh, That's the question. I think we, we might have run out in <laughs> our household. I played a game of cricket yesterday. Got the big call up. Got the call up. We're short already. A lot of injuries at St. George uh, after round one. Had a game. Uh, it's a two-day game, so I've still got a week to go. Oh, golly. But we had our day in the field yesterday and even knocked out 12 overs. So the body is a little worse for wear. <laughs> a little but fragile. If I just keep the thought of the fact that it'll be okay in another two or three days, I'll trudge on oh, and it I'll make it gets worse tomorrow. I know. The 48-hour point. I know. I was trying to block that out of my mind. Thanks <laughs> for bringing that back up, Lisa. Well, like I ache all over. Yeah, it's my rib, my intercostals, my quads, my glutes. You know, even the little muscles in the front of my shin. Yeah. <laughs> Kill. Where, yeah, yeah. Where's your sore point? Uh, legs. Your legs. Definitely yeah. legs. Legs, because uh, Mr. Fitbit told me that I'd knocked out about <laughs> twenty thousand steps in the game. But also, there's a little bit of diving and stuff that goes yeah. on. So, yeah. and I've got a bit of a sore shoulder from bowling. You're the old shoulder. She uh, probably bowled a few balls in her life. Uh, yes, yeah, and I've had I've had things like shoulder reconstruction. Oh, have and, you? and stuff like that. So, oh. yeah, interesting. There you go. Might well, need one for my right shoulder. <laughs> well, Ham, it's how good is the long weekend? Oh, aside from the lost hour of sleep that we've had this morning, doesn't get much better. Look, grand final weekend. Two footy finals. I know. Grand final weekend is great, and that was one of the the downsides of. Playing yesterday is that I actually missed watching the yeah. AFL game. And as you know, I'm not the world's biggest uh, AFL fan, but the spectacle that the oh, AFL grand final is. was great. And I must admit, I really did enjoy watching the highlights over and over and over again. Everything from the game to the celebrations and, and the killers. The killers. And they, Mighty Jack they, they Rewalt. Yeah. Having a uh, jam with the, the killers there. I mean, what a what a memory. Yeah. That'll be... He's not going to forget that in a while. Yeah, that'll be immortalised, I think, as a uh, Richmond grand final memory. Yeah, for sure. Well, as I said, two footy finals, a bit of extra light to play cricket with, and summons on our doorstep. It's a great weekend. The AFL have had their big dance, and after a 37-year drought, the Richmond Tigers have prevailed as this year's premiers. And the NRL uh, only has a few more hours to wait to see who'll be crowned as the best team for 2017. The cricket season is getting out of first gear with the Aussies actually winning an ODI and the JLT Cup is underway. And we've got a summer sport preview for you, so it's an absolute smorgasbord. We've also got a very special guest on our show this morning to talk about some of the weirder things that have happened in and around sport this week. You're never going to guess who it is. They're never going to guess. Do we tell them now or do we keep it a secret? Well, I don't know. He does love it. Look, he loves sport. This guest absolutely loves sport. People might not know that, um, but we're going to catch up with him a little later on. We're going to keep it a surprise, I think. So stay tuned. We're from Tigerland We never make it to a final 
it was the clash of two teams with the longest grand final droughts in the AFL. Richmond hadn't won a premiership since 1980 and Adelaide hadn't won since 1993. It was the first time ever since the first grand final in 1898 that this was the very first grand final appearance for all players. The build-up in Melbourne was massive all week with a Heartland Club of Melbourne playing on the last weekend in September and doing so with their fearless captain Trent Cochin in the side after he was cleared by the MRP to take his place. Dustin Martin was recognised as the best in the game with the Brownlow medal earlier in the week. Over 100,000 people came out for the grand final parade. What a game, what a win to Richmond. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. What a fairy tale. But it would have been a fairy tale for either team. Yeah, definitely. But, yeah, it wasn't like it was easy to get caught up in the yellow and black hype. Oh, I've had the Richmond theme song in my head yeah. all night. I can't get rid of it. But I actually got a little bit emotional in the build-up to the game when they put the focus on the incredible hardships of the past few years for Adelaide Football Club. Yeah, yeah. Sam Jacobs wore his brother's name on his boots yesterday. Um, He passed away less than a month ago. And the wives of both Phil Walsh and Dean Bailey were in the crowd for Adelaide yesterday. And it was Eddie Betts' 13th season and his first grand final appearance. Wow. So I got a little bit emotional. But then on the flip side, as you said, you look at Richmond, it's a bit of a fairy tale. Their fans have waited the longest to take part in the big dance They've battled their way through many a dry and dour season. Um, Punt Road was absolutely as almost as packed as the MCG yesterday with the Richmond faithful. And think about this. Jack Graham has only played five AFL games. Yeah. His fifth yes was yesterday in an AFL grand final. He kicked three goals. And yeah, by all accounts, had a, a really good game. Yeah. I, I think back to someone like Jack Rewalt who has played for Richmond for so long. And I even go back to 2010 when Richmond came second last. Yes. But he still kicked the most goals in the season. And he played well yesterday. He, I know. In the first quarter, Adelaide kicked two early goals and I thought, oh, here we go. Uh, but I love it when a, a one-club player like that who goes through – now, Richmond have been pretty okay in, in recent years. They've, they've always been there or thereabouts, but never really pushing right at the top. Mm. But to see a player like that finally get his just reward and to celebrate, and look, oh, I've, got to, I've <laughs> got to say there is nothing like winning a premiership. No. And I, could, I, I can't even begin to imagine what it's like at, at a top-level sport like that, but you get to watch it and you get to see it, but... Those guys, I tell you what, they'll be going hard for a while. And I love those stories where a lot of the fans have never seen their team win a premiership. And there's been a lot of fairy tales like that in recent times, hasn't there, in sport? Well, I was thinking yesterday, yep. if I were a Richmond supporter, yep. I would never have seen them win a grand final in my lifetime. No. Aside from yesterday. And to be so many supporters out there, um, you know, if you're let's say potentially a bulldog supporter in the NRL or whatnot, and if you're my age, you've seen you've seen your team playing plenty of grand finals, yeah. and maybe not if you're a St George supporter. <laughs> hey, um, I've seen one. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen one. But you know, to to see your your team finally get there and win, uh, and you know, watching on Fox Sports them pan to 
the supporters and to interview some of the supporters and the, the mums and the grandmothers and stuff like that. It's just it just reaffirms how important sport is in Australian culture. Oh, hundred percent. And what an absolutely spine tingling atmosphere in the G yesterday. The crowd, the noise, the supporters, the national anthem, the nerves of everyone. The MCG itself looked glorious. I'm going to put it out there that this is the country's biggest sporting event. Oh yeah, it's huge. It is. What would you? What would be up there? What would be up there with that? Yeah. Oh. Boxing Day, yeah, first boxing day, day of the Boxing, boxing day, match. day it's, match. It's, it's all Victorian, isn't yeah, it? They love their sport day. and they get behind their support so much more than any other city, let's say aside from maybe Queensland, but they just don't have the power of population there, no. I guess. Uh, you know, it is it is a, an amazing spectacle. And you know, just to, to personify all that, you have a band like The Killers saying mm. this is the biggest crowd that they've ever played to. And they're wow. playing at a, a grand final for a, in a country and a sport that they, they probably do. I know they've been to Australia quite a few times, but I doubt that they would know much about AFL. Yeah, not, not at all. I saw um, Matt Richardson uh, mm. interview them beforehand and there was one word answers when he asked yeah. about, Have you, do you know much about AFL? Mm, no. Yep. <laughs> Don't even know who's playing. Yep. But yeah, look, the game itself... Let's talk about the game itself because you could you could have knocked me over with a feather had you told me Richmond were going to win by 48 points against Adelaide, who have been the ultimate professionals all season. Yep. The first quarter, I wasn't sure who had settled the best. I yeah. wasn't sure either team had quite settled by the end of the first quarter where Adelaide took a 26 to 15 point lead. A couple of early goals, a couple of late goals to Adelaide. I thought, is this a sign of things to come? Can I ask you the question? Yeah. I guess not a lot of people would have been surprised that Adelaide would have been leading at the first quarter because obviously they were the favourites. Did Richmond still show signs that there was something brewing? Oh, yeah, for sure. They attacked – so Adelaide kicked those two early goals and it just looked like potentially it was going to be a runaway game. But Richmond tackled their way back into it and they kicked him two goals as well. But their tackle pressure and their pressure around the ball, it just, it was phenomenal. And yeah. and it was incredible. And they maintained it for the whole game into the second quarter and the third quarter. It was played on Richmond's terms. Yep. The Tigers just did not give away momentum. They did not let Adelaide play their game at all. Normally Adelaide will move the ball quite laterally. They'll move different angles. With ease, they'll bring it out of defence. Yep. But yesterday... It was panic stations. You saw them kicking down the line often, missing their targets. The pressure from the Tigers and their ability to score off turnovers was absolutely incredible. Adelaide looked like they had no idea what to do. Right, and there was a little bit of rain at one stage of the game. Tiny did, bit. Did that change things for you? Did that sort of bring Richmond more into the game? Did it suit their uh, style more or didn't have much impact on the I, game? I don't think it was enough rain to have that much of an impact. I think it rained a little bit early on and then it didn't rain for the rest of the game. So right. I'm not sure that it that it paid too much bearing on the game. Yep. But yeah, they just... Richmond simply outplayed the Crows and on the day they were the deserved winners for sure. So a hearty congratulations to the Richmond Tigers. It was very well done and very well deserved. Totally made of guts fight and they got the glory. What about this one? 
At half time, they even won the uh, half time sprint. <laughs> yeah, they did. Oh, they did win the half time. When it's sprint. your time, it's certainly your time. Now, in your opinion, yes. Dustin Martin, he's yes. just capped off an amazing year. He has become the first player mm-hmm. in the history of the AFL to win both the Brownlow Medal and the Premiership in the same week. Yep. Add to that, about half an hour later, when he was awarded the Norm Smith Medal. Yep. He's the only player to win all three. Unbelievable. Now, would you have given the award to him? Yeah. I would he was have. definitely by far the yeah. best on ground. Richmond had a number of good players. Yeah. Uh, Jack Rewalt, yep. for me, was up there. Yep. As was their ruckman, Toby Nankervis. I yep. thought he played well. And Alex Rance, their defender, I yep. thought it would have gone to either Martin or Rance. So, yep. yeah, deserved for me. Well, I'm led to believe it was a sort of territory-based game. And a lot of that had to do with with the the work that Dustin Martin was was doing on the ground. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. He was he was in the midfield. He was in the forward line. He was he was hard to contain for for Adelaide. And unfortunately, the the big names of Adelaide didn't stand up. Yep. Richmond's did, and they are enjoying the spoils of a grand final premiership. And well done to their coach too. I guess you'd, you'd want to Damien Hardwick give him plenty of credit. And do you think, you know, that the plan they had for, for the Crows was part of the reason why they might have been – or did they just have that little bit extra on the day? They were just better on mm. the day. Mm. Richmond played to their full potential. Yep. The occasion didn't overcome them. Yep. And they just they just outplayed Adelaide. Mm. They just nullified Adelaide's strong points. Yep. Played to their strengths, played it on their terms and got the bickies. Now, one of the trends that I've I've sort of noticed in AFL for quite a number of years is that you'll have these teams like Hawthorne, they'll dominate and win a few premierships for two or three years at a time. Um, have Richmond got the ability to do something similar here or is the comp at a stage now, the competition's at a stage where it's pretty level up the top and you've got things, teams like, um, you know, Melbourne, mm. North Melbourne, mm. um, sorry, who, who won last year? Western Bulldogs. Western Bulldogs. That's <laughs> what I meant to say. Melbourne, right? No. Western Bulldogs. Melbourne of yeah. the D's. Yeah, Melbourne okay. Team. See, this is me. Um, <laughs> and the Swans, you know, they've been pretty yeah. good. Uh, the Crows now, you know, is it going to be shared around or do you think? Look, I don't think we're going to see the back-to-back-to-backs of yeah. Hawthorne, of Brisbane. Yeah. Um, I think we saw Adelaide do it in 92, 93. Yeah. I don't think we're going to see... A lot of that at the yeah. moment. Look at this season. It was so even across yeah. the the top eight mm. was decided in the final round. Yeah. So I don't I don't know. I'm not sure that we're going to see Richmond come out and dominate next yeah. season because it was a definite trend there for a good number of years. Where you there know, was Geelong, a, yeah. yep, Geelong. You're and right. Even going back Hawks. to Essendon. Yep. Back in the nineties, we had. Swans play Brisbane, West Coast. Brisbane Lions. Brisbane Lions. Yep. Swans played West Coast two two grand finals in a row. Yep. Yeah, I'm not sure we're going to see that sort of dominance anymore, yeah. which is a good thing for AFL because what an exciting season it's been. I know. Trevor, St Kilda, maybe they're the next team. You never know your luck in the big city. It's the Certainly is the final countdown, and so we are down to one final football game, the NRL Grand Final. 
And for the Melbourne Storm and the North Queensland Cowboys, all roads lead to Olympic Stadium this evening when the title goes on the line. The Melbourne Storm are the minor premiers and last year's bridesmaids. North Queensland are the 2015 premiers. The Melbourne Storm have Cameron Smith, the player with the most NRL origin and kangaroo caps, the player with 11 origin series wins, the player who picked up his second Dally M medal this week. The North Queensland Cowboys don't have Jonathan Thurston, the player that is set to be the next immortal. It is potentially the last time we'll see Cooper Cronk in the NRL, but it is also a potential fairy tale for a written-off underdogs team who were rated 100-1 to 1 to win the premiership just eight weeks ago. What are we going to see here, Haim? Oh, look, I think we're going to see a fantastic game of football. I really do think this is going to be a cracker. I think the, the, the people of Sydney are really, really behind the Cowboys. They are. So I just I wonder what impact that will play in the game. I know we've all said all along and everyone knows and the, the odds are fully stacked in the favour of the Storm and for good reason. Mm. We're talking about their opposition who didn't know that they were going to make no. the top eight. We're expecting not to. They had to put their beer cans down. I know. And then from there they've just built and built and built it's been a fantastic ride. Uh, I, look, and and the the Richmond victory yesterday has oh, has, see, has now got me can happen. has now got me second guessing um, that this game could go potentially either way. But oh, I just it's going to be such a great game. Where is the game going to be won and lost for Melbourne? Where's it going to be won? I funnily enough, I think. It's the job that they'll do maybe containing guys like Taumalolo. I think right. Taumalolo will be right. such a big part of North Queensland's game and his go forward, which will then provide a platform, I think, for Michael Morgan to do his thing. Mm. So I'd be really interested to see whether the Storm come up with a plan to potentially, you know, put up that wall against him. The Taumalolo wall. The, the Taumalolo mm. wall. Or will they focus more on their game and what they do well and win it that way. For me, I think Melbourne win it in their spine. I think you've got some three consummate professionals there that are so clinical that they can just manage that game. And I think that, that for me, that's where Melbourne are going to win it. The Cowboys, where for me, I think they're going to win it with their heart. Yeah, well, the heart and maybe the, the, the extra support that they'll yeah. have. <laughs> At this yeah. game, and, and as we know, support does play a big part of it, and the atmosphere and the mood at the game, and how it can lift players and lift a team. I think one of the the things that's sort of flown under the radar a little bit with the Storm, in that they've done so well and been so dominant, is that they lost the grand final last mm. year, and that would still be stinging by two points, no less, for a lot of a lot of those yeah. players. So I just wonder whether there's um, something driving them mm. in regards to that hunger to, to go one step further from the pain that they would have, um, I guess, experienced of losing a grand final. Speaking of losing, where are, team, where are these teams going to lose it? I, I have a feeling that 
Look, it's a hard one, isn't it? It's a tough one. I think the matchup between Justin O'Neill and Will Chambers is is maybe a little mismatch. I think Chambers is so tough. Yeah. And he sort of flies under the radar himself a bit because of the big name players. But I think he is a big part of that storm success. And they do score a lot of tries through their wingers. They do. And that. Leading try scorer is Vunavalu. Exactly. And those balls have got to come through, obviously, from the halves through to the centres. And and the work that the centres do often Mm. set up the, the, the wingers, the flyers, to score their points. For me, I really struggled to come up with where Melbourne were going to lose it. The only thing I could come up with was potentially if they let the emotion get to them of potentially Cooper Cronk finishing up, the the sting of last year, they let the emotion get to them and they forget how, like, they lose their roles. Yeah, they're That's too... That's the only way I can figure it out. They're too professional for that. I just can't see it happening. They're too professional. They're too experienced yeah. in in the, the, the big three there. And I think the other players just sort of run off that, if you know mm, what I mean. Yeah. And the Cowboys, I think they, they will lose it in their petrol tank. They have been fighting and fighting and fighting since the final series began, or even before the final series began, to get there. And I just wonder how much that's taken out of them, getting there, fighting each week, oh, putting in a 100%. massive effort. You yeah. only had to look at the papers, I think, yesterday to see, that, you know, a lot of their their players have had to come back from injuries. So we, yeah. we think about Scott and Thurston who have missed the season, but... There have been a lot of other injuries that they've had to contend with and they've managed to get some of those players back on the park. But when you're coming back from injury, as you know, yeah. as a physio, they don't just go away. No. The niggles stay. They do. It's been a tough season for them. It has and that's why it's been such a, an amazing journey and would end up being one of the great sporting fairy tales, mm. I believe, of all time. Mm. Oh, it, it would be mammoth for the Cowboys to get up here. Key players... Who's your key player for Melbourne? Look, my um, my award for the man of the match. All right, yeah, going Clive Churchill here. Clive Churchill, I'm gonna I'm gonna suggest that Cooper Cronk is going to finish up mm. on a massive high here, and yep. and I just wonder I wonder whether he's made a decision on his future. Oh, I think he has. And I think he gave. What, what a few, do you think he will do? I think he gave a few hints last week when they were interviewing him, him about getting, letting his head run away with it. Saying, "This is the last time I'll be tying, tying the boots up. This is the last time we're doing," and giving himself a slap over the head to refocus on what he's got to do. So, I don't think that we'll see him in another jersey. I think that he's going to retire. Look, I, I have him down as my Clive Churchill winner simply because it's a fairy tale. It's Fair a fairy well. tale. Yeah. It is, yeah. And I uh, and one would think that here's his opportunity, A, to go out a winner and B, to be a one club, uh, one club person or one yeah. club player, which, yeah. is, which is massive in this day and age. It is. It speaks a lot about a player. And it'll just sign, seal and deliver his legend in the game. Yeah. My so key, we so we agree on that one. Well, we agreed on Clive Churchill. Yeah, key players though. I thought Cameron Smith is the key for Melbourne. He just manages the game like no other. Yeah. And for Cowboys is Michael Morgan. He's in the form of his career, and so if he can confire tonight, yep. like he has been in the last, like especially last game, then they're in with a chance. But I still think 
I'm tipping Melbourne by 14 points. I think the I think the Storm will put a put a bit of pressure on Morgan. The other thing, Morgan is he'll probably sign seen or deliver his own uh, Kangaroos jersey. He probably has already done that. Yeah. Oh, um, for sure. He's got to be there. Yeah. Got so there. have you thought about uh, a scoreline? 14 points. 14 points difference. Melbourne, yep, 14 to I've Melbourne. Gone, I've gone 22-14. Oh, you've, you want the actual scoreline. Okay, 22-14. Mm. That's, an, that's a, that's a eight-point game there. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a good game. 22-14. And I, I think both these teams will probably do more of their scoring in the second half. Yeah. If if North Queensland are within two points halfway through the second half, yep. then I think they can win it. If by that point uh, Melbourne have got a substantial lead, there's no coming back. I've heard a lot of talk about how the Cowboys need to contain contain the storm in the first half. I don't mm. think that's necessarily <laughs> you contain necessarily them the whole true. game. Yeah, well, you look at last last game, the the storm ended up carving it up in the the second half. Mm. I think that's where they. They played better in the centre. They weren't on their game quite. In no, they the first had a bit half. of a shocker last last game, but I don't think that's going to happen. Just came again. home with one of the wettest sales I've ever seen. So I think the Cowboys need to make sure that they save some petrol in the tank yeah. for the Storm in the second half. First try scorer. You thought about that one? Oh, Vunavalu. Yeah, I'm, I'm going the other wing. Oh, I'm going Ado Car. Yeah, Ooh. We'll see. But we're both tipped Melbourne. Came tipped them by eight. I've tipped them by 14. As I said, all roads lead to Olympic Park this evening when Melbourne Storm take on the North Queensland Cowboys in the final game of the NRL season. Well, we love cricket. I don't know about this bloke, but we love cricket. <laughs> and finally, the Aussie ODI drought is over with a 21-run win in the fourth game of the ODI series against India. It was David Warner's 100th ODI game for Australia, and he celebrated not only with a win, but also a century. Good news there, hey? Yeah, finally some good news. And look, there have been... Some positive glimpses. I think the form of Coulter Nile has been mm-hmm. pretty good. He's taken wickets just about every time he's played. Uh, and it's nice to see some big runs coming at the top of the order, particularly yeah. from, from Warner. Yep. We just probably need a little more consistency there and we'd be more of a threat. Absolutely. Australia won the toss finally and elected to bat. They posted five for 334. But Australia were none for 230 before a small collapse. There's that word again. Mm -hmm. Uh, To 336. Warner went, Finch went, Steve Smith went. Peter Hanscom and Travis Head managed to stop the rot and and dam up the walls to see Australia reach their final total of 334. It was great to see those openers score those runs. But again, that tiny little collapse in there. And we've we're seeing it too often, I think. Yeah, there's just little question marks there, yeah. I guess. But I guess the major issue is the fact that we, we're just not great on the subcontinent. No, and we're not. <laughs> I guess we've got to look at ways we can look to address that. 
because it's such a huge part of the game. It's the, the biggest area of cricket now in the world uh, and continues to grow and Australia are going to continue to play more and more cricket there. So, look, in the future, I think we've just got to prepare for these series a little bit better or whatever it is they need to do. But again, the other thing is one-day cricket. <laughs> like, mm. just give me this test cricket stuff. Do you think one-day cricket is a dying form? Well, it's probably dying more more so than the other forms. So people say, I mean, test cricket will never die because it's the ultimate form of cricket. Yeah, sure, people won't go to the games because who has that sort of time, but people always follow the game and they'll be intrigued by who is able to succeed at that level because they're playing a sport for five days. Mm. True cricket people will all... And I think even people that are led to the game via T20 cricket, and if they really end up falling passionately for the game, like, let's say, your average Lisa Johns's and Hamish Solomons's of the world, they'll <laughs> learn average. to... Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Good point. They'll learn to appreciate test cricket and be intrigued by, you know, how the game's going and who's scoring the runs and who's taking wickets. Uh, T20 is here to stay, as much as uh, the traditionalists maybe don't like that. Yeah, I have a love-hate relationship with T20. I guess I do too, but Mm. in recent years, especially via the Big Bash, I think it's been so successful and so well-run and so interesting. Look, I think it's now um, a big part of the Australian season and uh, because of that, I think the 50-over form of the game has probably just lost a little Mm. bit of its spark. Yeah, I I would have to agree. Mm. The the interest I have... Oh, yeah. test matches on, great. Yep, let's turn it on, watch all five days. Yeah. And then the 2020, oh, great, I'm a bit time poor. Let's just watch this and it's a little bit entertaining. Yeah. And then ODI, like, oh, I've got six hours of this. <laughs> yeah. So it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, look, I think one of the other, I guess one of the other issues is that, um, you know, we're just – this close to an Ashes series. Yeah. We're pumped. Yeah, we are. We just want it to be on and whatever's before is just sort of kind of getting in the way. Yeah. Let's just... Like, let's, let's hurry just, this up. Let's yeah, just you know, do we this. We had the series in Bangladesh. We've had, you know, in recent times, we've had three test, seri- test series in the subcontinent. Yeah. So, like, did we were we really that interested in a five-game ODI series no. against India? We just want the Ashes... We just want to see how, and now there's there's a bit more interest in the uh, in the ashes now. Yeah, well, guess there's, you'd say. there's a lot more interest in the ashes, I think, and particularly who's going to be in the team. Yep. Matthew Wade was dropped for the third ODI game. Yep. Brought back into the fourth game. Mm-hmm. Glenn Maxwell was dropped for the fourth game. Yep. We've got Ashton Agar on the plane home after he's broken a finger. Yep. And that that news follows closely on the tails of the news that Pat Cummins will also be sent home early and not take part in the T20 to prepare for the Ashes. Shock horror, shock horror. So <laughs> Pat potentially is not... Does that, that surprise you, though? We're, we seem to be famous now for just sort of saying, right, fast bowler, you've had enough, let's just send you back. And yeah. you know, I do understand it's one of the hardest hearts in the game because it's so stressful on the body. But, um, yeah, I think we're, 
we we tend to be a little bit precious with them. But in saying that, they I break down a heck of a lot these they days. They do, and we we need them fit for the ashes again. So, yeah, oh, we most certainly do. Thankfully, for Australia's sake, we're we're not too bad in the fast bowling department. There's a bit of volume there, you know. Yeah. Guys like uh, at the moment, you know, guys like Coulter Noll and Richardson. Um, they they're not bad, and Coulter Noll have to be playing himself closer and closer into contention for you know a potential test spot if one of the the big three yeah don't recover from their niggles or or get injured during the series. Yeah, that's right. As you said, Nathan Coulton Nile has been in some pretty good form in this this ODI series, and I've been impressed with the way he's been bowling. So to have him kind of sitting in the back stalls, mm-hmm. ready to go, if, yeah. if and then you've also got guys like Patterson and Siddle, yeah, potentially. Siddle, mm. yeah. Look, he's probably my fifth or sixth or seventh choice, right? Maybe eighth. Yeah. Um, but there is there is stock closer. there. There is stock yeah, there. Yeah, most definitely. And I guess we won't get a a good call on Siddle until he starts playing some domestic stuff. Which will kick off pretty shortly, mm. the uh, Sheffield Shield. We're going through the JLT Cup at the moment. Yeah. How's your interest in the JLT Cup? Well, I've only played three games. Yeah. But I, my interest did spike, I think it was on Thursday or Friday night, when yep. New South Wales were in that tight tussle with... With Western Australia. Yep. But the problem is, uh, I think you have to live stream it if you want to watch it. So yeah. I was oh, like, eh, yeah, look, can't I be don't think I'm going to go out of my way to, to watch the games. However, there are like a number of games, I think four or five games at Hurstville Oval. And so they if are. you live domestically, if you live nearby, uh, you know, Dremoyne Oval, North Sydney, there's lots of local games for that competition. Nearby, but I'm I'm intrigued to see how some of the players will go. Great to see the Cricket Australia eleven have a good game. I think in yeah. the first game against South Australia, they got a victory. They did. So that's like now quite a relevant. Um, well, they're a relevant team. I think they'll they'll perform a lot better. So yeah, I am intrigued to see how how that competition plays out. Yeah, oh, for sure. And, and I like the idea that they've put in the Cricket Australia 11 yep. team with the young guys, giving them exposure, giving them experience. They did it experience. tough. They did it tough last year. They, yeah, they did. But, you know, they got the win, as you said. Yep. First game of the JLT series. Yep. And they've come away with the win. In regards to the games at Hurstville Oval, there's one this week, in fact, with the Redbacks taking on the Blues. This Friday. This Friday. Yep. I was looking at that going, hmm, how can I call in sick yep. for that one? <laughs> No, I'll be there. New South Wales Blues will take on the Cricket Australia 11 on Sunday, the 8th of October, yep. a couple of days later. So that's a weekend one, guys. Get out there. Yep. The Bush Rangers, the Victorian Bush Rangers, will take on the Cricket Australia 11 the following Tuesday. And then the Cricket Australia 11 make, making Hurstville Oval their home. Yes. Taking on the Tasmanian Tigers on Friday, the 13th. Now, entry is free. Mm. So get down there. Yeah, especially that Friday game being a New South Wales game and school holidays. School holidays. Uh, and then the Sunday. We'd be hoping, um, speaking on behalf of the St George District Cricket Club, to, to see a lot of people there because I think it will be a great game and you'll always see tons of sixes at Hurstville Oval. You sure will. Well, hopefully we see tons of sixes in the remaining ODI game for Australia against... 
India. They will play that tonight in Nagpur and then they move on to a three-game T20 series on October 8, 11 and 14 before they come home. And then let's bring the boys back home. Let's bring them home and get them in those creams. Well, there are many times in sport that a result or an outcome of a game leaves us (coughs) gobsmacked. Not as often there are events off the sporting field that also leave us with our jaws on the floor. And this week has brought us a few shocks off the field. So joining us to talk through the mess is none other than the former Premier of New South Wales, Mr. Morris Yemmer. Good morning, Morris. Good morning. Thank you so much for joining us. Pleasure, pleasure. Well, you may have been a politician serving our state for many years, so we're sure you know how to answer the tricky questions, but what many people don't know is that you're an absolute sports nut and your children are, in fact, Uh, some very handy cricketers. They are, and I'm telling you, this guy is a sports tragic. Morris, how are you? Total tragic. I'm I'm really good. You're you're relaxed at the moment? You're keyed up for a huge day? Absolutely. Well, it was a huge day yesterday. Uh, cricket and footy with the AFL Grand Final, and then um, for, for good measure, I, uh, I happen to want to uh, watch the replay of the 1989 Hawthorne Geelong Grand Final. <laughs> so I went to bed about two o'clock in the morning. Oh, oh wow! <laughs> he is dedicated. <laughs> that is impressive. So, what should we kick off with here? Uh, let's see what we can uh, test the former premier with. Shall we go straight to Ben Stokes? Oh yeah, the, the topic of the moment, Ben Stokes. Well, I think Australia thought all their Christmases had come at once this week when the news broke that England all-rounder Ben Stokes had allegedly been caught up in a nasty brawl in Bristol and was in doubt for the Ashes. A lot of people have written England off if he's not to come. Guys, what do you think? Well, I I don't believe that he should be coming. I find it extraordinary having seen the, the vision, which the world has now seen, that charges haven't been laid regardless of what might have happened inside, um, if you have a look at what happened outside on the street, uh, there is one punch that fells the uh, victim. And uh, had that occurred in Sydney, uh, some very serious charges would be laid and a very serious penalty would be awaiting anybody convicted of it, uh, regardless of what happened inside the bar the flurry of punches uh, that we all saw on the video, that alone wants uh, a very long suspension imposed by the English uh, County Cricket uh, Board. Uh, uh, There's no excuse. But one horrifying moment in a rather ugly video is that one punch that fells the the other person involved. Uh, That on its own. Yeah, he's quite lucky. That guy could have easily ended up in... Serious, Absolutely. serious trouble. We've seen it so many times. It, well, it has, and it happened to a cricketer. Yep. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Was felled and ultimately lost his life through one punch where he fell. He fell and hit his head mm. on a on a cutter or a footpath outside after some uh, dispute inside, and uh, um, that wasn't captured on 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 film for the world to see. Uh, but it was one punch, and uh, of course the, the the very tragic case of the Kelly family uh, uh, from the Southern Highlands. Uh, uh, the boy out on, on an outing in Sydney, and he was uh, he was killed uh, through one punch and hitting his head. And uh, 
Uh, my heart was in my mouth when I saw that video and I saw the, the punch land and, and, and the other person uh, fall backwards onto mm. the road. I, my heart was in my mouth. I thought, well, this uh, is a very serious injury awaiting. That, 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 just that, that, that split second of, uh, of the video, uh, the, the English board should by now already have uh, imposed uh, some sort of penalty uh, to simply, uh, well, they first picked him in the squad, yes. now they've yeah. put him aside. Yeah. And um, I don't know what uh, what more they need to take in a civil matter in the sense of whether he travels with them or not. I don't know what they're waiting for. Of course, the, 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 the criminal issues behind that have got to wind their way through and mm. investigation and interviews, uh, et cetera. But... Uh, that sort of behaviour from one of their most senior cricketers. Uh, I, I don't know what they're waiting for to impose the penalty. I think that all all cricket fans are, are waiting for. They're looking yeah. for some leadership, and uh, the ECB certainly aren't showing any leadership no. in this matter. And it'll be a bad look if they if they somehow come up with the decision to bring him to Australia purely. I mean, it, it's obvious that they'll be looking for him to to help win the series as opposed to you know, giving him the punishment that he probably requires. Absolutely. And and, and, and how does he tour? Yeah. Wherever he goes, oh. the, the media scrutiny... I mean, the media scrutiny will be enormous, given the, the Ashes series and that it's been stoked, but you can multiply that uh, uh, hundredfold, uh, given the circumstances. Uh, the, the scrutiny on him, the questioning, the, the squad, the team, will have not a moment's peace mm. from the Australian media, and rightly so, and the Australian public. What, what about the, the Boxing Day crowd of a first test in Melbourne? You can only <laughs> imagine how, how much he'll cop it. Absolutely, absolutely. And it'll be a co- constant source of distraction from the team. Yep. Yeah. They won't be able to focus on the day's play or at the beginning of the test matches. It just said Boxing Day, one of the most important uh, cricketing events uh, in the international calendar. How do they focus at training? How do they focus uh, uh, on, on, on a match? Uh, when every single question he'll be asked by the Australian media will be about that. And, of course, they can't hide him. Yep. Uh, he's on the touring party. They won't be able to hide him from the daily press uh, scrutiny uh, and public scrutiny. Wherever he goes, he will not have a moment's peace, and neither will the team. It'll be a constant source of distraction. So they've also got to consider that. Yes, he's, he's a fabulous player. Oh, it'll be no a massive loss. Massive loss. So here's my question. A lot of the experts are saying England don't bother getting on the plane if Ben doesn't come. Are they right in that? No, no. they're not right. Uh, as we've seen, with, uh, as we've seen in, in past Ashes series with, with Australia, when Australian teams have gone to England, the most famous case being the, the Allen Border team of 1989, the worst Australian team to ever leave uh, Australian <laughs> shores, and they came back with a 4 0 result. Uh, again, there was no, no one expected a 5 0 whitewash last time uh, the English uh, were here. So, no, it would be a huge mistake to say don't bother getting on the plane or Australia won the series because England's best player is not available. Mm. In- England have put together some very, very good performances in test matches uh, in recent times. They've, they've had the occasional uh, very poor result against the West Indies or South Africa in, in an individual test. They have. Uh, done quite well in recent series and of course Australia's had its own issues uh, with selections and uh, its own issues in the subcontinent. Now our home series is very different but uh, uh, neither team is uh, settled and, and neither team can, can categorically say that uh, uh, if, uh, if one player isn't 
pick that uh, they're going to beat mm. the other side. Now, yeah. I think it'll be a very good series, regardless of whether Stokes is... Uh, well, you know, I think it'll be a very good series, uh, even without Stokes. Well, fair to say there's a lot more that's going to play out around this issue, so watch this space. Now... Potentially one of the biggest what-the-moments for me this week has also come in cricket. And I'm not sure if you're up with the with the new ICC rule changes, Morris, but they've come into effect. And the new rule that people are calling fake fielding has raised some eyebrows. And we saw it during the Queensland Bulls and the Cricket Australia 11 game when a Bulls player, Manus Lejbush-Cagney, oh, there it is. Missed, the, <laughs> missed the ball at mid-off, feigned a gather, spun around, faked through it back towards the batters, which caused them to stutter. The umpires signalled penalty runs and they went to the Cricket Australia team. Is this not the most ridiculous rule that they have brought in? Just about. I, 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 can't, <laughs> I, I, I can't begin to imagine what was going through their mind as they were sitting down there at the ICC. <laughs> devising this rule. Uh, again, a case of why fix what's not broken in this aspect? Uh, I mean, uh, you know, there are obviously uh, from time to time issues arise with rules and, uh, uh, and, and regulations that, that cry out for change. Uh, I, <laughs> this is not one of them. <laughs> this one's not outside the spirit of cricket, in my opinion. It's foxing. And foxing sort of has a place in so many sports. It's like saying right, we're going to stamp out the dummy pass in rugby league. I exactly. think it's just yeah, an absolute waste of time. Yeah. That's a fantastic uh, example because the dummy pass is the, is, it's the most obvious uh, comparison. Yeah. And uh, it, it's, 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 it's one of the highlights of watching a, you know, a great halfback or a 5'8 throw a dummy and <laughs> chuck in uh, the defence and create some space for, for, for a break or for a try. It's... Uh, yeah, I just hope we don't get too precious with these rule changes. I tell you what, that one's just ridiculous. Well, Waste there, of time. There are only nine ways you can get out in cricket now. Yep. They've taken yeah. away the the handled ball is no longer a separate dismissal. Yeah. It's been incorporated into obstructing the field. Oh, really? Yeah. So that so when someone says to you, "Tell me the ten ways you can get out in cricket," there's only there's nine. Only nine now. So that's amongst, there's a whole heap of rule changes about bat thickness. You're allowed to tether the bales to the stumps, if you like, so that you prevent a Mark Mark Boucher injury. You can be caught off uh, if the ball hits a a helmet worn by the fielder or the wicketkeeper, all this sort of stuff. But the the fake fielding one has really got me stumped. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Right, what's next? Anthony Mundine. Oh, well, Morris is a massive St. George supporter, so I'd be interested to get your opinion on this one. He played some footy yesterday. Did you see that at all? I did. I saw the vision on TV last night on the news, and, uh, well, the mind harked back to uh, the days that he was starring for the Dragons. Uh, oh, I wish I wish he was 10 years younger <laughs> and lining up, but uh, uh, oh, good luck to him if he's, he's back playing a sport that he loved and he was very successful at it. Uh, I don't know that uh, the Dragons or any NRL team will be uh, rolling out an offer, but uh, it's great to see uh, great to see him back in rugby league. Uh, he, he was a fabulous player and had a lot of success. And, um, I guess uh, those of us that uh, love the Dragons still have nightmares over the 99 grand final. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Saints, are, Saints are up 14 nil at half time, and if uh, if Chalk doesn't uh, knock on next to the posts. Uh, Straight after half-time, it's, it's 20 nil. What a memory. The penalty, the, the penalty try wouldn't have mattered. Oh, golly. 
Well, he was pictured meeting with Doust a few months to, months ago and it was, was speculated that this Koori knockout was a little warm-up to see whether he still had it. Is it a categorical, there's no way he's coming back for the Dragons or is there a little glimmer? Oh, again, okay, I'd, I'd love to see him in the, in the red and white. Uh, I, I just don't know that uh, the age, uh, the legs uh, are going to be able to... Stand up to the NRL at the pace. What about uh, Auckland Nines, potentially? Auckland, Auckland Nines, oh, you think? Oh, well, yes. Auckland Nines, yeah, yeah. Yes, why not? Why not? Who knows? Okay. So, you know, you're a leader. You're a leader by trade. You've run sporting uh, organisations. You're currently the president of Campbelldown Cricket Club. If you were to take yep. over the Dragons next year, would there be changes in the way the place is run? Good question. Good question. Because I'm such a, I'm such a St George fan. I, this year started so well. It started with so much promise, and really, if you look at this season, it, w- it was lost in about a handful of matches in the last five to ten minutes. I don't know that in, in terms of the way the club is run. I think the club is is run quite well. I, They've recruited well. They've got some good players coming, particularly uh, James Graham. I, I sort of look forward to next year with a great deal of optimism, given the way they they, they started and the season they had. And I mean, they, they let's face it, their season was decided in the, in the last match of the comp rounds, which has not been the case in past years. So that's that that was a big improvement. Uh, they needed to beat the Bulldogs. They didn't. Um, but had they not? I don't know, gone to sleep or just switched off in in vital minutes right at the end of games, and I think it was more a, a, a loss of concentration. They'd have been playing finals football, yep. uh, and 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 so the season would have been seen as a success. Uh, so the, the the club itself, I think, I'm I'm not one of the Peter Dowst uh, critics. Uh, I think uh, I think it's, it's it's very easy to criticise the administration um, of of the club. But I think it's 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 run well. It's a stable board. It's a stable club. It's it's not uh, St George never has been. It's been one of the characteristics of St George. It's been a very stable. Uh, the management's been conservative. Uh, that served it well. Uh, it's stable. It's disciplined. It, it is not fraught with internal uh, problems in an administrative sense that Manly is. That the Tigers obviously are. The Bulldogs now have been afflicted with a great deal of internal problems. Uh, outside of the dressing room and the football issues. So Saints don't have that. So that's an indication of a, a well-run club. The team itself uh, and the management of that, so with the coaching and the playing staff, uh, uh, this year, as I say, just with a, a bit more concentration, they'd have been playing finals football and people would have seen that as an advance, as, as progress on last year. So I, given the way they've recruited, uh, I'm looking forward to next year with a great deal of optimism. Oh, great. We've we've enjoyed a few of your posts on our Facebook page in recent times and shows that there's still a lot of passion. Uh, is there something that's getting a goat at the moment? And also, I suppose, in regards to the Rugby League, uh, the grand final yeah, in particular, uh, do you have a prediction and, and, and has there been enough support for the NRL grand final in the media? That's a very good question, the last, the last one. Uh, yes, but there's not the passion mm. in the media that there is in Melbourne. I've, I've been to... I mean, I played AFL. I, mm. my, uh, my, my Saturday mornings growing up was 
involved playing for, for Penza as AFL on Saturday mornings and then off to the SCG for match of the day to watch the Dragons or at Cogra. Um, so I played AFL for a, a long time and obviously a lifelong St George supporter. I don't think the media has the same passion in Sydney as it mm-hmm. does in Melbourne and indeed in, in Perth and Adelaide when it comes to supporting footy. So I think the answer to that is uh, no, it doesn't. It, it doesn't. There's been coverage, but it's not with the same passion. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple of things that are getting my guess at the moment with rugby league. One, and you can you can compare it to the AFL. 100,000 people yesterday, and yeah. the kickoff time was the bounce off um, time was not changed for the media for the television coverage. The AFL has had the traditional bounce at the time on Saturday afternoon, and they don't change their scheduling for TV scheduling. NRL seems to change its scheduling every year around what the broadcasters demand. And that's quite often not in the best interests either of the teams Mm. that are playing, but above all, the supporters. Now, I've been to Homebush on a Thursday night, and I went out actually to see the Bulldogs when they were playing the Cowboys. Now, when I went out there, the Bulldogs weren't a basket. Their season uh, hadn't become a basket case. They'd actually won a couple of games. So it was a match involving the Bulldogs and the Cowboys, who were travelling quite well uh, in spite of having lost uh, Thurston. And there are 8,000 people there on a Thursday night at Homebush at ANZ Stadium. The Heritage Round, mm. the Georgian South, Friday night, 6pm in the centre of the city. It was played at Moore Park at the, at the SCG. 6pm. Mm. How, how, how do the fans at, make that time at 6 o'clock? Yeah. But you've got kickoff times at 6 o'clock, 7.30. Now the grand final tonight is, I understand, what, 7.30? Yeah, we, we, we used to have the, the grand final uh, at, at 3 o'clock, and it's been changed so many times. And it gets changed not with a view to maximising the support at the ground, but with a view to, to, to satisfying the boardrooms of the broadcasters. Then the NRL turns around and wonders why the, the, the stadia are, are all uh, are empty. Why A and Z and Allianz have got eight or nine thousand people in them? You know, they're, they're losing the trust and they're losing mm-hmm. the confidence of, of your passionate rugby league supporter. And, and it seems that it's, it's getting to the ground and filling the ground up is it's, it's not even a secondary issue now for the NRL. Yet they've got the hide, as you can read from this week, they want to go and knock on the door of the government and say, spend $1.6 billion on reconfiguring ANZ, then spend another half a billion dollars on building a new Allianz, and while you're at it, we'd like boutique stadia at all the suburban grounds. <laughs> I mean, and, and with all of that, they're not going to contribute one cent. Unlike the AFL, who actually owned Dockland Stadium, made a contribution to building the stadium many years ago, and, and actually, actually listened to their fans and put the games on when and where the fans uh, want and put the games on when and where, it'll maximise attendance at the venue. Mm, I I, I mean, I've had first-hand experience of this when I was sports minister. The NRL seems to not to know what it it wants. I I sat in a a, a meeting uh, and uh, the, the, the club that approached me at the time was the Tigers. And they came in for a government handout and they wanted money to do up Leichhardt. They wanted money to do up Campbelltown and they wanted some money 
to uh, do up uh, one of the stands at the SCG. This is going back uh, uh, the late 90s, early 2000s. And the, the, the meeting turned into a farce because it, yeah, I was asking the obvious question, well, wh- which is the place that you prefer to play at? Which is the one that is going to be your home ground? And the answer came out, all three. They wanted, a, they wanted home matches at Moore Park. They wanted home matches at Campbelltown. They wanted home matches at Leichhardt. And, of course, they wanted to do up all of the grounds. And, of course, they, they wanted uh, uh, the uh, the bigger stadium, uh, the one at Moore Park, the Ions, then the Sydney Football Stadium, spruced up and a new stand at the SCG. And Because no-one was offering a, a cent in all of this. But they couldn't tell us which of those venues was going to be your home ground so we could pour the money into it. Mm. Now, sometimes the Dragons have been in this position. Let's do up Cogra. Oh, by the way, uh, let's, uh, let's have a new stand, the Western Stand at, the, uh, at, at Wynn. And mm. we also want to play some games at, at ANZ and we consider that our home ground. So, yes, we support the reconfiguring of, of, um, of ANZ. AFL doesn't have that issue. They made a decision a long time ago, the direction they were heading in. Now, the, the direction they were heading in so their decision was no more of these small suburban grounds that are antiquated and are past their use-by date. They can become the academies, the training centres, the centres of excellence. They're all moving to Docklands and the MCG, and they ploughed the money into those uh, two venues, the, the new stands at the MCG, the construction of Docklands. They made that decision. They stuck with it, and it's worked. The AFL now owns Docklands, which is an immense uh, asset for them. Mm. Rugby League seems not to be able to come to a landing as to where it sees its future and what it is that it wants to do when it comes to where they will play. And above all, what is the best to maximise attendance at the games? Sometimes they seem to uh, think that it's important and a priority to to fill ANZ or Allianz. Sometimes they think it's it's great to fill Leichhardt uh, or Belmore. Uh, sometimes they think it's not. They, it, it, there's this inconsistency and this chopping and changing from one season to the next uh, that uh, is, I, I think, a real source of frustration for fans of the NRL. And hence you end up with these ridiculous... Uh, I mean, who... It, who goes to the footy on a Thursday night? <laughs> what, what are those games put on for? No, they, they, they're not put on for the fans, or even indeed the teams. They're, they're, they're put on for the broadcast. It's all TV, isn't it? Um, yeah, well, we saw the old Monday night. I mean, that, that's uh, that's died. Uh, but the traditional Sunday afternoon, 3 o'clock kick-off, that's all, that's all changed as well. And uh, They've played around with Saturday matches, and uh, it's, uh, it's it's a real source of frustration. Certainly, well... Now, the, speaking uh, of... The I've got. Now, speaking of Sunday footy, it's the last one today. Who's going to win? Oh, wouldn't you love the Cowboys to win? But I think uh, <laughs> the, head, the head says the storm. The head says the storm. So I've, I've, they've been the standout team all year. And I think, I think Bellamy will have them uh, uh, in a right place. And how much uh, do they win by? Oh, 10 plus. 10 plus. There you go. And, and your Clive Churchill medalist? Five virtual medalist, uh, Cooper Cronk. Oh, yeah. there three you go. Three from three here. Three from three. Lisa and Hamish both going Cooper Cronk. He'll go out on a high, you think. Yeah, D- Dustin, uh, Dustin Martin, yep. Dustin Martin yesterday and uh, Cooper Cronk today.
I would never have picked you as an AFL man. I wonder if Dustin Martin's actually alive still. <laughs> he's pretty, fair chance he's I going pretty Dusty hard. Dusty is going to be pretty dusty today. Uh, I reckon. I reckon the he Richmond. Was, he, was pretty he was pretty close to wearing the red and white too. Yeah. Oh. I, I reckon um, Richmond will have a few minders around him for the next few days. What do you reckon? <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Rightio. Well, Morris, uh, you're obviously very passionate about sports. So we've loved chatting to you. We'll have to get you back on another no, time. Well, I think. Yeah, I think. Fun. I think we've we've got a spot for him in the studio one day. We'll bring him in. It's fantastic. Well, some music as well. Yeah, yeah. Got some music <laughs> happening as well. Well, enjoy yeah, today, uh, right. footy's you. finals day, and fingers crossed for the North Queensland Cowboys, but we think it's yeah, going to be Fingers crossed, well. fingers crossed, yeah, but they might add an extra stand to the stadium that's getting built. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we, again, we thank you very much for your time this morning, and we'll catch, okay. catch you again soon. Thanks a lot. See you. Bye. That was Morris Yammer, the former Premier of New South Wales and a mad, keen, sports-crazy man. Pa- passionate much? Very passionate. Love All right. it. Love it. Love it. It was fantastic. <laughs> what caught my eye this week was how much sport is about to happen in Australia. So, folks, go and get your diaries and a pen or a pencil if you haven't got your pen licence yet. And I'm going to run you through what is about to happen in Australian sport because if this weekend wasn't a big enough smorgasbord of sport for you, here is what is coming up on the horizon for sport in this country. Netball, the Constellation Cup, there is no wait for all the action to start whatsoever. The biggest clash in the game with one of the biggest rivalries in sport is about to get underway when the Aussie Diamonds meet the New Zealand Silver Ferns in the Constellation Cup this Thursday night in New Mm. Zealand. Mm. So the fixture is the first of four-game series with the two Aussie legs being played on October 11 in Adelaide and October 14 in Sydney. Got netball this Thursday. The Women's National Cricket League... Yep. Kicks off next weekend, so oh, October can't wait six, for that. seven, and eight, with the first of the fixtures. The reigning champions, New South Wales, will take on Queensland on Friday at Blacktown International Sports Park, and then they will play Victoria on the Sunday, also at Blacktown. Women's That's next cr- week. Next week. Wow. Next week, Friday and Sunday for yep. New South Wales Breakers. The women's Ashes. The first of the Ashes games for the women's will be on October 22nd with the first of the three ODIs at Allen Border Oval in Brisbane before they head south to Coffs Harbour for the two remaining ODIs on October 26 and 29. And then it's yep. the big game, the first ever women's day-night test, test match. match. North Sydney Oval starting on November 9. I am so pumped for I'm that. So, we have I'm to go. Pumped. Well, I'll be there. You'll be there. Oh. How many How many, How many? many days, how many nights? I don't know. It depends <laughs> how many I can muster through with work as well, suppose, mm. having to get to work. And work schmirk yeah, when it comes to that. Take a week off. That's exciting. Then we move back to some some more netball, Fast Five. The Constellation Cup's not enough for you? Well, Fast Five Netball Series is back on October 28 and 29 in Melbourne. It was the first time on our shores last year and the crowds loved it. TV audience loved it. It's fast, it's frenetic, it's crazy and it's fun. Then you thought footy season was over. Who, who competes in the Fast Five? All the, all, all the all netball the, nations. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Wow. All of them come. The Rugby League World Cup is on. Yep. So it's... 
tonight is not the end for you no. footy lovers. Yeah. Just when you thought the boots were getting packed away, think again. The Kangaroos will kick off their title defence on October 27 against Wayne Bennett's men of <laughs> England. Strange one, that one. In Melbourne. Uh, the Kangaroos, their fixtures are England on October 27 in Melbourne, France on November 3 in Canberra, and then Lebanon on November 11 at the SFS. Semis and finals to follow with the final on December 2 in Brisbane. The finals will be a double header uh, for both the men and the women, so both the Kangaroos and the Jillaroos will uh, hopefully be in action on that final weekend of the tournament. Speaking of the Jillaroos, they too are the reigning champions and will kick off their campaign against Cook Islands Yep, November 16 at Southern Cross Stadium. Now, all the women's games of the World Cup will be held locally to us at Southern Cross Stadium. Shark Park? Yes, yes. So every game will be there before the finals on in Brisbane on December 2. Rightio. And tickets for the Women's World Cup start from just 10 bucks. Yep. Kids under 16 and concessions are free. So go out and support the girls. You won't be disappointed, I don't think. Absolutely. I'm going to get down there. I'm going to get to a few of those games. Now, this is the one. The Ashes. The Ashes. The one we're all hanging out for. We've got our our sicky penciled in for day one of the first test at the Gabba in Brisbane on November 23rd. Then we've got the day-night test, which is the first for an Ashes uh, test match. will take place... In Adelaide no, on December 2, we've got the Wacker. It's going to see its final ever Ashes Test match commencing on December 14 before they move to the big arena. No more Fremantle Doctor. No, no more Fremantle Doctor. I hope what this new has got some form of character. I hope it's got yeah. some pace in it. I hope so. We've Bit spoken about that. Yeah. Groundsman out there, bring some character back into your pitches. Yeah. Then the big one on the sporting calendar, we mentioned it earlier. On December 26, Boxing Day Test Match oh. in Melbourne. Oh, I've got my tickets. I'm ready to really? go. Have you, have you done it before? I have. I did the last Ashes Test. It's amazing. Oh, I've done it three it's times. Phenomenal. And it really is. It's just, you can't describe it, can you? No. How big the place is. It, it feels big. With so many people in there, it just feels massive. Yep. And the atmosphere, oh, the anthems, yep. Boxing Day, the sun shining. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, it's indescribable. Yeah. If you've got the chance, folks, get down there and I've done it. it three times. I don't think I came back healthy <laughs> any of those times. And wrapping us up, just this summer, we've got a bit more cricket. The WBBL, the third instalment of the Women's Big Bash gets mm-hmm. underway. Mm-hmm. Doubleheader at North Sydney Oval on December 9. The Thunder will take on the Melbourne Renegades in the afternoon. And we'll hand over to the reigning champions, the Sydney Sixers, who are up against the Melbourne Stars in the evening. And then the following day on Sunday, December 10, we've got the big Sydney Derby of the WBBL, Thunder and Sixers at 2pm, North Sydney Oval. I think we're really lucky in Sydney at the moment. How how big have those games got? Oh, huge. Huge. That'll be packed out. Yep. And then, of course... One week after the WBBL gets underway, Australia's Summer Nights pastime begins. Yes. The Big Bash on Tuesday, December 19, the Sydney Thunder will take on the Sydney Sixers at Spotless Stadium in another local derby. And so begins the period of our lives where cricket dominates every single day until the first week of Feb. So Sorry, folks- wife. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, wife. That's For uh, you cricket lovers yeah. out there. 
What a smorgasbord that is oh, ahead. Cannot wait. Well, it's been a pretty chock-a-block show. Mm. We've got the NRL Grand Final tonight, supposedly kicking off at quarter past seven. We are on the Cowboys. Our heart says Cowboys. Our head says Melbourne. So good luck to both teams. Good luck to all their supporters. Now, next week, there won't be a Sunday sports wrap. Haim, you're wapping up the school holidays with your kids. Yeah, yeah. I spend a lot of time with other people's kids That's coaching right. during the school holidays, so I Figure I better spend some time with my own and do something and go somewhere. Yep. And I'll be out on a cricket field out west somewhere, no doubt. So <laughs> uh, following that, the next week, Stewie's back. We have him back. We have him back. We've missed him. Yeah, we have. I tell you what, though, he feels like he's been in the room still. He's sending through plenty of text messages. <laughs> plenty of I text. think he would have really have loved to have been here for that chat Oh, with he Morris, would have. That was great. Particularly with the Dragons talk. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, that's about it from us. Take it out of us on Facebook. We'll see you next week.